Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Information Man. Thank you for being here. I want to give a big clap out to everybody that's listening in the chat room, that's listening out in YouTube land, and also a big shout out to everybody listening in the radio podcast. This is Radio Live as well. This is the format that I'll be using from time to time. Now, you all are familiar now with my uh, installment of the Black to Black uh, series. I put two installments in. That will be the style of that show, sort of that Matrix type style. And then uh, I had to rethink a few things. I think uh, there are certain uh, stories that I will do live on my podcasting, my radio broadcasting program uh, in this style and fashion when it comes to certain issues. And then I'll do the stuff that's sort of unusual stories, some of the stuff that goes bump in the night stuff. I'll do in the Matrix style of my Black to Black series. So I hope everyone out there is doing fine. Here's a clap for everybody. I want to thank everybody for uh, being here uh, and being being supportive. So what I want to do uh, is get right into this and why I get into this. Give me a minute to uh, sort of... um, Get over to my article here. This is going to be a breaking report for all of you. As you see on the description of the video, I'm going to be talking about reparations. Um, On YouTube and the news and abroad, uh, there's been a lot of debate about this ever since the whole ADOS has come into play here. And I know people have their various opinions about ADOS. I know there's people who have their various opinions about, let me fix my volumes there, have their various opinions about the whole issue of reparations. I know that there's black people out there who feel that, you know what, why are we wasting our time on that? Um, because we're never going to get it. Um, There's some black folks that will say that, well, you know, if you give black people a check, they're just simply going to spend that money and give it right back 
uh, to the very people who they're saying owe them. Okay, it's let me just say this. Look, no matter where you are on this on this um, on the ladder with this whole issue, it does not change the fact that um, black people were in shackle slavery. Okay, we do know that there were black people that were Aborigine. Okay, so 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 to my Aborigine brothers out there, this is no slide against you either, because I understand that uh, black people are from all over the damn world. Okay, we're from the universe, dark matter. Okay, everywhere they dig in the world, they end up digging up black bones. So we're everywhere. I don't think we really need to get into a debate about where black folks come from because we're from the whole globe. Okay, as uh, public enemy said many years ago, fear of a black planet. Okay, so let's keep that in mind. Uh, so no matter where you are on that debate, the bottom line is there was a wrong done to those black people who can trace their history back to plantations, trace their history back to the good ship Jesus, black folks that can trace their history to Virginia um, and North Carolina, which were some of the first slave colonies, Virginia being the first one, North Carolina being the second, and you have South Carolina, okay? Then you have Maryland. These were these particular states where they had slaves were also known for, I know Maryland, I think in Virginia, were known as breeding, where they would purposely do horrible things um, to make black women at that time have babies because there was a value on black babies, on black people, because we were seen as property, okay? And we were emancipated. Now, some people believe that Lincoln freed the slaves. I'm here to tell you that's not true. There's a book that I read when I was in college called Bell's Capitalism and Slavery. Get that book. And in that book, it's sort of like a law brief or it's a legal book, so you have to understand the legal jargon and all that sort of stuff. It's a legal uh, document, and um, this particular document, excuse me for a minute here, let me fix something. Okay, back. Now, this document <clears throat> breaks down the fact that Lincoln only freed the slaves in order to, way to keep the Union together. If he could do it without that, he would have kept us in slavery, and he only freed a few, okay? Now, I want to I go over here and introduce you all to an article and for everybody out there listening I hope you like the new studio when I do this radio style it'll be in this studio so I'm trying to give you all different types of looks and styles for the program so there's an article there's a brother by the name of Marcus H. Johnson I gotta give him credit for this Marcus H. Johnson, he has a Twitter page. You can follow him on there if you're interested. Um, he's sort of a blogger. Um, the brother came up with some he came up with some plans, some things that may be tangible, that may make some sense. He talks here. Here's what a reparation plan could look like. Okay. Now he makes an opening statement in his article that I don't agree with, where he goes into this whole jargon about several 2020 Democrat. Democratic candidates such have embraced the concept of reparations for slavery. Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Julian Castro, uh, Bernie. Um, but this is a, a misnomer. 
because um, this is one of the things we have to understand when it comes to politics. In politics, there's no permanent enemies. There's no permanent friends. There's only permanent interests. Okay, the only thing that politicians really care about is what the permanent interest is because they want to stay in office. Now, a lot of these candidates, they weren't for reparations, but what's happened is they're feeling the pressure that's being put on them by black folks and black folks that who, who are pushing and representing the whole ADOS movement. Okay, and what's happening is, is that black people have been on this, what we would call a democratic plantation for way too long. And now it's a time for us to start to hold them accountable for the things that they have not done. You've got the uh, do nothing, uh, the Miss Black leadership class of the uh, Black Caucus who have done nothing. They have been living off the past, which I think in this case is the civil rights movement. But my thing is tangibles. That's what's being said on YouTube. That's what's being said uh, in the media right now. And everybody out there in Spreaker.com. Con, that's listen, speaker that's listening, speaker that's listening to me, excuse me, folks, um, hear me out here. The voice of the people is that we want tangibles. Black people want tangibles today. What are those tangibles? We want money. We want programs that are directed towards us. People, black people who can trace their descendancy, their ancestry to black people that were slaves on a plantation. Now, this is where we always get this twisted. People will try to put us in this little this trick bag and say, oh, well, how are you going to identify who was a slave? Uh, how are you going to identify who's black, who's not black, because you have mixed race people, all this sort of stuff. And my argument to that is that it's not just slavery. We can reach back into what has happened to black people, whether it be, um, let's see, you got Black Wall Street, you got Roseville, uh, Rose Okay, what happened there? Roseville. We all knew what happened there. That was a town that got all burned down. Now, I'm kind of pausing here because <laughs> there were black townships that got destroyed. Black towns, thriving towns that were destroyed because of racism. Not to mention you had redlining, you had Jim Crow, you had black code laws, you had black men that were hung uh, by trees like fruit. It's Billie Holiday. Uh, spoke of in her songs, okay? You had black people that were being redlined, not getting loans, were being pushed out of housing. We were living in a time in this country when you had separate but not equal. Black people were living separate but did not have equal access to the law, did not have equal access to education, proper educational tools and facilities, okay? Black people were pretty much left out of the economic growth of, of this country, although this country used us uh, in our backs to push forth the success that America is having today. So you can go, and then not to mention you've had black uh, people who had land, land that was stolen from them, okay? Uh, not to mention black inventors who've given a hell of a lot to this country and their inventions were stolen, many who could not get patents. And a lot of times you had whites that would get the patents and then steal the invention, Okay, we think that Thomas Edison uh, created the light bulb, and that's not true. It was Brother Jackson Granville who did this, but got his invention stolen from him. Okay, so there's many things that have happened. Let me see. Let me just read this here as the brother goes into. Um, let me see. 
We cannot forget reparations are also a vigorous op uh, opposal by white voters of all classes and, and political affiliations. Let me read that again. Black people have inspired to receive reparations for generations. This is a generational thing. But the concept has long been rejected by political parties in the United States of America. We can't forget that political affiliations, that reparations are also opposed by white voters, all classes and political affiliations. So all classes of white people in America, rich or poor, middle, whatever, don't uh, really agree with it. And I know that white people would say that they had nothing to do with slavery because it was they weren't born then. But what you forget to understand is that you benefit from it economically. Most of the uh, major cities, port cities like Chicago, New York, Boston, uh, and a lot of these companies, these title companies that still exist today and some of these corporations today that are filthy rich, they got their start in the trans-American slave trade in slavery. So they owe us, the whole damn world owes us, okay? Europe, okay? okay. Arabs that were involved in it, um, Europeans, Portuguese. It was a global situation that everyone had their hands in, okay? Um, I know people say that Africans, Ghana, Nigerians, they had their hands in uh, particularly uh, selling us off. There's all sort of theories and, and opposition to who did it, who didn't do it. But the fact of the matter is we do know that something did happen because there is documents to prove this. Okay. Let me go on. Black voters are likely to become more emboldened in their political demand. Yeah, this is one of the things that I learned when I was in school is that power. I had a professor who told me, Dr. Richards was her name. That power conceives nothing without a demand. Tell the truth. I believe uh, Wade Nobles, over to Shaka. These are some of the folks that I, I learned from some of the best when I was in school. And um, power conceives nothing without a demand. If we do not demand, we do not get. And a lot of times, I think, as black people in America, we, we complain about a lot of things. Well, why did the gays get this from Obama? Why did the Latinos get this from Obama? But the point of the matter is that those groups got what they got because they had an agenda. They stayed to it. They pressured, they pressured, they pressured into pipes, you know, pipes bust under pressure. Now, when you look at the Native Americans, I think uh, there were 17 tribes that sued uh, this country. It was a vigorous trial over a period of time, and they won about $498 million, um, maybe even more than that. And I know that people are going to say, well, that was 17 tribes. Black people are in the, we're 13% of the population. Um, but we have to be vigorous. Now, those of us who are saying that we're not going to get reparations may not be alive to get it. Okay. You, you, you may not be alive, but it's about our generational, it's about generation. Black people were also stripped of the ability to develop generational wealth. I believe that we should have went with the Booger T. Washington philosophy even though W.E. Du Bois was talking about education, upper nobility, the talented 10, I think we kind of failed there by not going with the economics because Booker T. Washington was talking about owning your own businesses, your own land. Land is very, very important because land, property, resources is what develops wealth. Most of us gain our wealth in America through home ownership. 
That's very important. Now, the concept of reparations here that I outlined, this is what Brother uh, Johnson outlined, does not simply pre pretend to a random for a wage for, for lost wages due to slavery. After all, significant portions of the racial wealth gap is also due to what happened afterwards. Jim Crow racial terrorism sanctioned by the state. Yeah, each state in this country sanctioned um, terrorism. That terrorist groups were Ku Klux Klan, uh, many, many hate groups that you have today. You got the off-right today. You got these skinhead type groups that are pretty much infiltrated themselves into legitimate society today, okay? And we have to be aware of that. Uh, let me see. Jim Crow, terrorism. You had Brother uh, Emmett Till. We know what happened to him by the Klan, how, did, how did they did various things to us. Once again, the destruction of Black Wall Street, okay? Institutional uh, barriers that were put before black people. Uh, you know, you had black people who weren't allowed to go to certain schools. We weren't allowed to live in certain places. We weren't allowed. We were under emotional terrorism as well as physical terrorism and a stress and anxiety, you know, you know, and even and then also remember the Green Book where black people uh, could not even travel across this country without the fear of being harassed. Now, the fear of not knowing where they could use the bathroom, sleep and eat. So the Green Book was created to give black people safe passage going across this country as to where they could eat, drink, sleep, rest, relax. OK, this is another part of Jim Crow. OK, let me see. Black Americans today personally live through. Uh, let me see this here. Let me, I'm going to um, read this. Part. Black people from being able to compete on a equal playing field and level politically and economically, socially playing field. OK, so uh, economically, socially and politically, we were never allowed to be able to thrive in those areas. And people always say, well, you know, we always compare ourselves People like to compare us to other groups, Asians, but those groups came over here with their culture intact. We did not come over here as in, in, immigrants. They did with culture and values, religion intact. Black people, our problem is that we've never been able to be our, truly ourselves, to have our language, our culture, what we think is our culture. Now, those of you who like hip hop, I like hip hop music, this, you know, that type of, but we've, we, we acquaint our culture too much with the street mentality, which does not really represent who black people were and our dignity and who we are as a people. So let's keep that in mind. Um, now, let me go right here. Let me hit this here. Tell the truth. Let me play. Let me go ahead while I try to, like, uh, fix my monitor here. <laughs> Let me get back to it now. There's a strong moral case for reparations, but there is also a contemporary economic case as well. As more candidates talk about the wealth gap between the 1% and the 99%, it becomes impossible not to highlight the wealth gap between medium 
white families and medium black families. In 2014, the Pew, Re the Pew Research found that the medium white household had a net worth of hmm, 1,100. <laughs> 100,041 and 900. Okay? So we're looking at um, 141,900 while the medium black household net worth stood at only 11,000. 11,000. The goal of reparation is to close the racial wealth gap. Now, this brother said that he decided to draw up some ideas of what that would actually look like. Here we go. What would a reparations actually look like? It is important to note that reparations would be race-specific as opposed to a race-neutral. That's damn right. Um, reparations definitely have to be um, race-specific, specifically targeting groups of people in this country who fall under this uh, protocol of what, what has happened to us in this country, okay? And we know that uh, black people have paid a heavy price. Like I said, we're talking about, like, like ADOS says, it's going from the 1600s to the 1800s to the 1900s up until today. So for those that will say, well, we ain't gonna, how are you going to prove this? You can, we can prove a lot of things currently that has happened. Oh, and, and I also want to make this statement too. For the critics of what I'm saying and to the critics of this whole thing in the first place who say we're never going to get it while you're talking about it. Look, black people, we can chew gum, ride a bicycle, <laughs> drink, <laughs> walk, talk at the same time. We can do multi, we can multitask, okay? To say that we to, to say that we can't, it limits us. We should never limit ourselves. God gave us a mind and has full capacity that we need to use it. Now, what I also want to say is that the same people that will criticize the whole idea of black people wanting re reparations meaning other black people, if they were to cut a check or give us some reparation, I bet you any kind of money, the very people that will criticize us for wanting such reparations would be the first to have their hands open to gladly take part in the money. Now, we should really stop pocket watching and going into this whole thing about what well, black people are going to give. Not all black people are, re are, are, are ridiculous and don't know how to manage their money. See, when you make those kind of narratives, you're using the narratives of the very people that have been oppressing us. We got to be very careful with that. Not that's to say that all black people don't know how to manage their money. That all black people don't know how to invest their money properly. That's why when you have a reparations program, one of the things that should come with it is stipulations such as education, business courses, understanding proper invest, proper in, uh, investing. Okay, so there's a lot of things that you could do to prevent uh, money from being misspent. But is it really our business to tell other people, if they were to get a check, how to spend their money? The point of the whole goal is not how to people spend their money, but the fact that money is is needed is due. Money is deserving. Now we can also get into the whole thing about how people should manage their money. I mean. Do we all manage our money properly with the money that we make at work? Some of us don't do a great job. Some of us do. So let's just keep that in mind. What would reparations actually look like? Important to note that reparations would be race specific, as I said. This means that only African Americans would be eligible to receive reparations. Damn Skippy. 
This is a poll. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is opposed to most economic plans proposed by the United States politicians. Okay. Which tends to be race neutral. So politicians, when they introduce these things, they want to be race neutral. But this in this case, no, that's not what we're asking for. Race-neutral plans such as the free college plan promoted by Bernie Sanders in 2016 tends to be more popular in the polls. However, race-neutral plans have a poor track record of actually curving the racial wealth gap. In the case of higher education, folks, research has shown that a college degree does not improve the income gap. I think um, Brother Tone talks, talks about this on his program. Okay? So just because you have a college education does not mean that it closes the, ratio, the, uh, the wealth gap. And there's many people who go to school and don't even use a degree that they went to school for. Now, I'm lucky I'm using mine, but these things do happen. So it's something to keep in mind. Let me go ahead and um, I hope everybody out there um, is enjoying this style of program and how I'm doing it. I really appreciate everyone's support out there. Tell the truth. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel, please. You are listening to Information Man. Please make sure to subscribe to his channel. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the support. Okay. So here we go. In the terms of wealth, black college graduates have less wealth than white high school graduates. It's a damn shame. A race-specific plan, however, would be able to provide capital, property, low-interest loans, or other set-aside directly to African Americans or black people. Let me just say black people, okay? These, These programs should be set aside directed to black people in America is what I would rather say, what I feel is the right, the right way to say this, in my opinion, without whites receiving the same benefits. Okay. Now, the question is, why would white people receive these benefits when they have never been in a situation where they've had their growth, their economic growth and their opportunities stunted as black people have had a lot of our opportunities stunted? Now, how many out there have seen uh, the Raisin in the Sun? Put a one in the chat room, put a one 
say something uh, if you have, because that was a movie where uh, you had a black family. Uh, the brother had came into some money. The family had came into some inheritance, which you would call generational wealth at that time from the father who had worked to the bones to get the money. And they wanted him to use the money to buy a home. And when he decided to buy a home in a certain type of neighborhood, redlining is real. Um, they didn't want uh, this black family moving into the neighborhood. They did everything they could to keep them from. And these are the sort of practices that went on in this country routinely, routinely. It's very explosive. And remember, folks, you're listening, you're listening. Okay, so low ink, low interest loans or other uh, um, assets directed to African-Americans without whites receiving the same benefits. So it was assets is what I should have said the first time. This would undoubtedly be less popular politically, but it would do far more to actually close the racial wealth gap in American society. Okay. Now, the brother goes on to say this. Obviously, one of the biggest issues with race-specific programs is the question of how to determine eligibility. Now, I know a lot of you are going to be asking that, too. Info man, but who's eligible for that? Okay. What about people that are mixed race? What about uh, black folks that come from other parts of the world, the Caribbean, Africa? Look, we know that in the Caribbean, they're already fighting against the UK for reparations. We know in the UK, they're doing the same thing. We know the French, are, we know that the Haitians are asking for their reparations. Every other group of black people in the diaspora of the world are demanding uh, reparations. Okay, so let me continue to go on. So obviously, the biggest issue is race-specific programming. It's a question of how to determine eligibility. Now, is it African-Americans, regardless of their lineage? That's a question mark. Is it only the, the descendants of slaves in the United States? Another question mark for you to answer, folks. How would the lineage be identified and proven? Those are questions that would perhaps be answered by the Department of Reparations, which I talk about a bit later in this piece. Now, he's going to talk about the Department of Reparations. That's what he's talking about. There should be a Department of Reparations. Now, personally, this brother says he favors the, inclu the, the inclusion of African-Americans regardless of lineage. So he's basically saying regardless of your lineage, any black people in America should benefit from this. But I specifically feel, as ADOS feels, that it needs to be tangible to black people in America who family members directly were impacted by the deeds, the misdeeds and mistreatment of this country, okay, towards black citizens. Okay, because in the other parts of the world, black people are not putting their butting into the business and affairs of black people in South Africa, Libya, or places around the world where black people are demanding what is rightly. We're not butting into their business and saying, hey, give it to me. Okay, so, you know, people are going to be butt hurt, but everybody's got to hold their own, you know what? Okay, because, uh, we're talking about black people in America and what we, 
and our people, our fathers, our grandfathers, great uncles, great fathers and ancestors went through. Okay. This is very important. So let me go next uh, into what he's saying. The brother goes on to say this. This takes us to the actual meat of the program. What would reparations benefit actually include? That's another question mark. Now, the brother says this. He believes there, there are a few different options. The goal is to close the racial wealth gap or at least to shrink it significantly. Now, the total labor cost of slavery and financial opportunities lost due to Jim Crow. And as I said, we can demand these reparations, not just about what happened a thousand, uh, in slavery. From We're talking about even black folks that have been here. And I know that there's uh, white people who came over here as indentured servants from Europe because they were the criminals of Europe. Guess what? They were made whole by Europe. Okay? All these indentured so, so for those of you that would give me the argument about, well, there were white people that were indentured servants. Well, those white folks that were indentured servants over here, Europe made them whole, even though they were the criminals that left Europe. Okay? Just like Australia. How many of you know that Australia is nothing but a slave colony? Was a, No, no. A, correct that. I'm correcting that right now. Australia was a prison colony for the criminals that were booted out of Europe at that time. Okay? So I had to correct that statement. You're listening to And thank you for listening to the program. One of the things that I've always learned is that information is power. Information is power. Yes, it is. So let me continue to move on. So, now, sits in the tens of trillions. Now, is it possible <laughs> that trillions, ton, tens and trillions of dollars is owed to black people? Now, I've been on panels and people will say, well, America would go bankrupt if they were to give black people these reparations. I disagree. Um, I've been on the earth for about 49 years. And uh, over the years that I've lived and people that have come before me, America has given trillions and billions of dollars for wars. America has given trillions and billions of dollars in uh, what we call foreign aid to other countries around the world. I think that they fund big time uh, uh, Israel. They're getting big time money. Our tax. And guess where that money's coming from? My tax dollars. My money. My reparations, your reparations, right? So this country has been giving billions of dollars to other foreign countries around the world for years and decades. So this question about they would go bankrupt, if that's the case, why are we not already bankrupt right now? Now, of course, we owe China money. The American dollar is not really worth anything. If you look in the back of a dollar, it says if this money is legal tenure, it doesn't worth nothing, it's paper. The gold standard has been taken off of the money a long time ago. The one thing that holds the dollar up is the petrol, which is why America is so much in bed with oil across the world, the thirst for oil. But I'm just bringing this up because we make a lot of excuses for why this country could not do. They could do. Believe me, they could. Because they, they spend money all over the world. Now, reparations plan. Now, a reparation plan that focuses on closing the racial wealth gap would actually cost significantly less than that. So 
he's basically saying that a lot of us would say that it would take tens and trillions of dollars, but he's saying that an actual reparations plan that is focused on closing the racial wealth gap would actually cost significantly less than that of a trillion dollars. As of 2010 census, there are 42 million African-American or black people in America living in the United States. Considering the pre previous mentioned statistics from the Pew research, the racial wealth gap sets at about 130,000. That number is likely to go higher today. Okay. However, he says, for conveniences, let's say, this is what the brother says, let's say that the goal of our plan or the reparations plan is to provide each African-American or black person, as I like to say it, each household with 125000 in value. There are a number of different ways to do this. Now, I think when I listened to this brother, I heard this brother on the radio program that I listened to. He said that black people should get 125000 annually, every year. That money should be popped into our bank accounts along with other Benefits, educational benefits, social type benefits. Now, some of you may agree, disagree, say, look, it should be more money than that. But this is what I'm saying. This is what this brother's plan or what it would look like. And before I end the program, this radio broadcast, I'm going to also get into uh, what my plan would look like, which is similar in some ways, in some ways not. Now, cash payments and financial assets plan. The brother goes on to say to give all 42 million African-Americans 125,000 would cost $5.25 trillion, as I stated, as he stated later in the piece, as he's going to state later in the piece, a lump sum payment is none desirable. So that money would likely be paid over a period of time. Now, the brother argues that a reparation plan needs to be generational. I agree with that. In order to be successful, though it would last anyway from 50 to 100 years. If we say that we're going to pay 42 million African-American or black people $5.25 trillion over 50 years, then the cost of reparations is about $105 billion a year. America drops that in a bucket almost every year or over the years when they're giving money to Israel, they're giving money to these foreign entities that they're in business with, when they give, they call it uh, foreign aid, right? The IMF, the you know international banking systems and all these sort of things that go on in this country. So $105 billion to black people at a pop of 125000 that we would get in it. Uh, every year between 50 and 100 years looking at generational building generational wealth and that to me I don't care what people think about well what what are black people going to spend don't worry about what black people are going to spend their money the black people that are financially astute are going to invest it black people who are not as financially astute will have to create programs with this reparation reparation money to educate them on proper management of their money now, I know that people who win the lottery, they go broke, but this is not the lottery. We're talking about $125,000 each year annually to black people for the next 50 to 100 years, which will go to your, <laughs> your grandchildren. So even if I was to piss off my money, 
even after I pass away, if I piss off the checks, my daughter will be getting those checks for the next 50 to 100 years. And this and this is the plan that this brother is talking about now. And it, it winds up to be $105 billion a year. America could do it without bankrupting itself. Believe that. Now, for comparison, the United States government spends $604 billion on national defense. So America spends $604 billion on a, on, a, on a national defense. It's less than that. Okay, defense. In 2016, they spent $604 billion in national defense. 15% of the total spending and the net interest on government debit payment, interesting, were about $240 billion, family. Let me hit the uh, bell on that. Can you believe that? Can you believe? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? However, the $5.25 trillion figure is likely to be accurate for several reasons, this brother goes on to say, for several reasons. The first is that the plan is focused on the household level, not the individual level. The second is the is that the number of African Americans or black people is going to increase over time. The federal government expects the United States population to reach 417 million by 2060, the year 2060. If we believe that African Americans or black people will remain at 14%, now they got us at 13%, maybe 14% of the population, that means that there will be 58 to 60 million African American or black people living in the United States in the next 40 to 50 years. You got that. This is an increase of almost 50% from current population numbers. The federal government estimates, the federal government, let me say it again, estimates that there are 2.63 people per household in the United States dividing 42 million by the number gives us, as the brother says, 15.9 million households and divided by 60 million by that number it gives us at it gives us 22.8 million households mm. consolidating that birth and death rates are not stagnant. Neither is the number of people, the number of people living in each individual household, folks. You're listening to Information Man Radio. Hope you're enjoying. Information is power. In the United States. Now, it is difficult to calculate how many total households for the death over the span of the program. 
So you can't calculate that. I mean, people in society, people are living longer because healthcare has gotten better, but there's going to always still be people that are going to pass. So like the brother said, it's hard to calculate that. Okay. Now, I'm going to say this again. It's difficult to calculate how many total households will actually participate in the program over over 50-year period, okay, to account for the deaths over the span of the program. Now, he says here, he estimates that the total number of individuals involved would be 20% more than the number of participants about half a century half of a century from now to then, okay? For conveniences, this brother says for conveniences, he's using the 2016 year, the year 2016 to estimate, to use as an estimation of 417 million United States citizens and about 60 million African Americans, black people. Now, the brother goes on to say this. This is very important. Adding 20% to that number would give us a total of, are you ready for this? Drum line. All right. 72 mm, billion dollars African Americans who would have participated in reparations over a 50 year period. So we're talking about a number would be in a total number of 72, about 72 billion. No, 72, woo, yes, 72 billion. Let me, uh, let me, uh, let me look this over right now real quick. Hang on, folks, why? Check this out a little bit. back to the program. Yeah, so that's that's the number, 72. It's a big number. I'm going to put that on the screen. <laughs> Good number there. African Americans who would have participated, participated in the reparations over a 50-year period and assumed the number of people per household remained constant. That would give us around 27 million households, given 27 million Households, 125,000 each would cost $3.375 trillion over 50 years. That would average out to a cost of $67.5 billion annually for comparison. Now, that's, that's the numbers. Now, for comparison, again, the United States government spends about 49 billion on foreign aid in 2016 they did now this is this out they're spending 40 49 billion dollars on foreign aid like i said they're giving money our tax dollars to other people in other countries who don't even live here but yet we are citizens we bust our ass our ancestors bust their butt and they won't give us anything and they're spending more money to give people in other countries our money but don't want to give us our our own money that they, that's owed to us based in reparations in history, and it's even cheaper and less. 
than what they're already giving. So those of you that I've been on panels with, those of you out there in YouTube and Spreaker and out there in the world who are saying that, oh, America's going to go bankrupt, that there's not enough money for all of us, that's, a, that's not true. That's a lie. That's not true. That's false. The brother's breaking down good numbers. He's giving you the numbers. He's showing you what America spends on foreign aid, what America spends on national security. They're spending more money on that annually and what they would give us over a period of time between the 50 and 100 years would be a drop still in a bucket overall compared to what America already spends. Let me move on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Considering the number of each household would get approximately $2,500 a year, this money could be received in cash, but it could also come in the form of a bond, bonds or certain types of investment vehicles. For instance, let's consider the S&P 500. There are a number of mutual funds available that tracks the index. The S&P 500 average returns of a 9 to 10% annually. This could be misleading. So for the sake of the argument, the brother says for the sake of the argument, let's use a rate of return of 6% using the black rate calculator. calculator. This is calculated. He sets the term to 50 years with a rate of return of 6%. A zero inch, uh, initial, initial investment, a zero initial investment. Now, an additional investment, an additional investment, his brother says, of two two thousand five hundred annually, and a tax rate of five percent. These reparation programs would receive tax benefits, but can fit everything into the post. With total invested capital of 125000 the final number with compound interest would be 3088.75. If you believe that the S&P 500 would truly return 10% a year, it would not that number would be 2.236,993. Thousands. We're talking about in the thousands. 
there is a argument that the capital should be invested in safe assets and that it's a debate folks to be okay how to be held so it should be a debate to be held. And there's going to be many debates. We have debates on YouTube. We have debates in the mass media about this whole issue. Now, the brother goes on to say, however, the S&P 500 is regarded as one of the safest instruments with which to get market exposure without the risk of more complex financial products. The brother goes on to say, I would also be considered in the development of reparation plan. Now he says, I would also like to note, let me correct what I just said here. The brother says, I would also like to note that I did not consider inflation in these projections. It would need to be considered in the development of the reparations plan. So he did not consider inflation, but like anything in this, in this society, you always have to consider it and make the adjustments accordingly. And that his plan would just have to be that way. Now, there is a, 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 a an argument to be made that providing 2.500 to each black household annually would not do enough to close the racial wealth gap. That is because for many of the families already trapped in the debit or in other poor financial situations, the that money would immediately be spent as soon as it is received. Well, of course. Building wealth requires that those that receive it save money and let it occur interest over time. Now, I've been saying it. There's got to be there's got to be programs to assist people. Not all black people don't know anything about financing, but those that don't know much are going to need programs that can be put in place by us to assist them. Now. Given individuals cannot be trusted to save enough money for retirement on the other, on their own, perhaps a reparation plan could operate on a similar concept, and thus the two point five hundred two thousand five hundred annual pay that each of us would get every year annually would be put into an S and P five hundred share bonds or other relative safe financial instruments for a set period of time that would allow the asset to occur interest and ultimately increase the wealth of the benefactor or the person that's getting the uh, reparation, black people. Okay? The downside, now the brother, I like the way the brother kind of looks at both sides of the angle here. The downside is that there is a large percentage of communities that would rather have their money now and spend it up front. Of course, many Social Security recipients or people who get Social Security would likely feel the same way, but we nevertheless would be happy to receive, they would be happy to receive their checks in the mid-60s. Perhaps if these accounts are not assessed, say, let's say, he says here, in the event of death, they could be... Um, given to the relatives. Like I said, if I was to get a check, 125000 every year annually, and I pissed off the money, and I die, pass away, whatever happens, 
those checks would keep coming in and my daughter would be the benefactor. Let's say my daughter is better with money than I am. So somebody would still get that money because this is about generational um, wealth, trying to build generational wealth. And I know that there's people out there in our community who may not be the best with money, and there's those that are. These are just the facts. Every community has these things. Now, military model. This brother talks about the military model. The military model, while the, the cash model consists of direct payment, the financial uh, assets, the military model focuses on providing benefits through means of cash, through means of the cash. The goal of providing 125000 of value would remain. However, the benefactors, your family, would receive benefits somewhat similar to the military members today. Okay? That means a program offering something similar to what the GI Bill and the VA loan gives to people who benefit from that in our society right now. Currently, the GI Bill pays all tuition and fees for in-state students in college along with monthly housing allowance, which tends to be over $1,000 a month. Now, I believe that black people should be exempt from all, should not have to pay for any college at all under my what I'm thinking. But this is what this brother has laid out here. Now, this lasts for about 36 months. So he says that program under the GI Bill, the VA loans, lasts for about 36 months. The VA loan program allows veterans to take out loans without the requirement of private mortgage insurance. Interesting. Or, in many cases, a down payment. So if you're a veteran in the military under the GI Bill, you're a veteran, you can get a home without the worry of down payment and high interest rates. Now that I can deal with. I think that people deserve that right now without any damn down payment and without any interest rate whatsoever, okay? Now, this type of, let me go on and say here, the loan program allows veterans to take out loans without any requirement of private mortgage insurance or, in many cases, down payment. These loans are guaranteed by the United States government. This type of plan is, is a risk that is, that it would not be as effective. So he says there are risks involved with the military plan. Now he goes on to say that is because education alone, alone has shown not to do much in the closing of the racial wealth gap. So he's saying not just education alone is going to close the uh, going to close the, the generational wealth or the wealth gap, folks. You're listening to Information Man Radio. I want to. Thank you all for being here. Information is power. You are listening to Information Man. Please make sure to subscribe to his channel. I right, thank you for your support again, everybody. Um, the type of plan is likely to be more politically popular than the first. Than the first, however, there is a risk that would be. As not that that would be as effective. So there's a risk involved, but this plan would be more popular with politicians. Brother is saying. Now, let me go on on to say he goes on to say still carrying the risk of default. Now, here he, this is where the problems are. 
That is because education alone has shown not to do much in closing the racial wealth gap and home loans still carry the risk of default for borrowers. True. We should, this brother says, we should also remember that that home owns, owned by African Americans or black people tend to be worth less in comparison to home owned by whites. I wonder why. This is in the in the this is in part due to redefining which has redlining. Let me correct myself. This is due to redlining. Redlining, which has made it difficult for black people to purchase homes in particular neighborhoods, but it is also due to outright discrimination and things like white flight. Now, how many of you out there know that in Los Angeles, California, neighborhoods like South Central L.A., uh, the whole Crenshaw area, those areas, South Central L.A. area, was, a, was originally, before black people migrated to the West, um, originally these were white neighborhoods made up of Euro white Europeans that had immigrated over from Europe. And then when black people moved into the neighborhood, eventually you had white flight. So these things happened. Okay? Now, the brother goes on here, combining com combination plan. The combination plan would combine the details of two plans mentioned above while still giving each family. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Appropriate 125000 in total value. That would mean a combination of cash payment, financial assess assets, and a program similar to the GI Bill and VA loan. So a combination of the two. You heard me say it. This is what the brother breaks down in his, in his article. Now, a generational investment for reparations to be successful, it would be it would have to be generational investments. A one-time lump sum payment is less feasible politically and less desirable practically. Now, he goes on to say, a one-time lump sum payment would likely lead uh, um, a purchase and would not come with the same kind of financial security as an annual, as a as a, um, like a pension, right? Like a big lump sum of money. Boom, give me this right now, okay? You know, like when people win the lottery, they get they get a choice over do they want the money over a course of time or do they want a lump sum? Now, a lot of people who get a lump sum, you know, you want your money now, but a lot of people who win the lottery, they lose their money because one, they, try, they don't understand financial and economic 
uh, um, investment. And that's where the education component can come in to teach people proper ways to invest their money. Those who need the help. Because not every black person doesn't have the knowledge of financial awareness. A lot of us do. Some of us don't. Just want to keep that in mind. People in general don't in this country uh, know a lot more about financial. Um, I mean, we're so drawn down in our in our, our 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 debt with credit cards and all this sort of stuff. So let me um, let me go. Let me um, take a break from this. <laughs> Don't forget my Black to Black series. What I'll be doing, like I told you before, that series will be for me to do unusual stories and subjects and issues. I am going to be getting into the Illuminati. Does it exist anymore? Do we give it too much power and emphasis? I'll be talking about Committee of 300. I'll get into the 25-point plan for world domination. I'll get into the issues around that heart project that they have. Uh, does it manipulate weather? Um I want to definitely go into black matter, dark matter, and, and, and talk some more about that. I definitely have that up to, uh, in the works. There's a lot of things that I want to do. It just takes time. Um, but I'm certainly going to do it as uh, long as I got the breath in my body and <laughs> the mind is working right. So uh, let me get back into uh, the presentation. Um, this is a lot of information, folks, but I'm glad that you're bearing with me. So... So he goes, the brother goes on to say, reparation program should instill, let me see, he goes on to say here, a one-time lump sum payment, I did go over that, uh, financial secu uh, uh, security as a, as a, as a, per as a like a pension, which um, he says, uh, to pay on a monthly basis. So this, this is, um, these are all different ideas he's throwing out here. Payments on a monthly basis, payments yearly. Reparation program should, in should instill be conducted over a period of decades with a idea period being anywhere from 50 to 100 years. Now, he's emphasized that earlier in, the, in this article. Now, this brother goes on to say that this allows for wealth to be um, accumulated over time, okay, by families over time. This wealth, excuse me, can be passed down on use to invest in other appreciating or other types of assets to grow your money, to invest your money. Very important. That's how you, you, you gain generational wealth. One of the least known contributing factors to the racial wealth gap is the lack of inheritance. Okay, so a lot of times when we're on these live streams, we're on we're on the news, we're, we're listening at the news, we're listening to podcasts out there. People are talking about well, why is it that black people can't do this and do that? Other groups are doing it. Other groups have been allowed and able to develop generational inheritance and generational wealth over time. This 
this style of reparation this brother's talking about would give a boom to inheritance over 50 to 100 years. So if I'm gone, my daughter benefits. Um, if it's 100 years and my daughter is gone and she has a child, her child benefits and on and on and so on. I like the 100 year mark. But personally, I think it should be forever. Forever. No limits to this, in my opinion. And I feel very explosive about this. Very satisfied about this, folks. It's thundering outside right now. I'm in the. How's everybody liking this studio that I'm in? It's a beautiful studio that I'm in. Uh, I'm moving up in the world here. <laughs> in my uh, studio right now. Things are really working out for me. <laughs> but let me um, move on with the article. The wealth, this wealth can be passed on down uh, or used to invest in other types of assets. One, one generation to another generation contributing to factors to racial wealth gap, which is a lack of inheritance. When significant wealth is accumulated by African-Americans or black people or families, it is often for the first time. Just like when you say, hey, I'm the first to go to college. I think I to say that my damn self. It's a damn shame. We're going to be able to say not the first, but we're going to continue and continue and continue this, right? Now, they have often not been given money. Black people have not often been given money for a down payment on a house or to cover student loans. Now, when you look at uh, Mark Zuckerberg, or the guy that owns Facebook, and many of these uh, white guys who own these social medias, they come from generational wealth. They're able to say, hey, uncle, hey, dad, can I get a little bit of money? That's how Zuckerberg got his got Facebook started. He got some generational wealth money from family. Now, look at, you know, you've heard what's happening in the news where you got these rich, um, narcissistic, entitled uh, celebrities getting their kids in school, lying about their athletic problems, lying about their academics, and they're paying millions of dollars to get their kids in these schools just for the sake of them kids being in the school, Right? That's generational wealth. Black people, when the hell do we have money just to throw around like that? We don't. But some people do. And you've been seeing it on the news lately. So let me um, go on to uh, continue with the, pro with the program. I hope you all are enjoying the broadcast. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. I'm really enjoying this style. Uh, this is a style that I'm going to do along with the Black to Black. So you know, I'm just coming at you with different styles, um, presentation. It's the same, you know, my presentation pretty much is pretty consistent with how I am. But um, I hope you all are liking what I'm doing with this premiere, this premiere video I'm doing and uh, broadcast as well. Live from this lovely studio that I'm setting in. It's just a beautiful place. I'm going to continue using this studio. So um, let me go on and um, continue with the presentation. One of the least known contributing factors. Now, I went over that area. They often not been given money for down payments on houses or to cover student loans. These type, these types of payments, along with inheritance, are major drivers in the promotion of wealth in white families over several generations. Okay. Making reparations a 50 to 100 year project will allow black families, according to this brother, t 
time to pass their assets down to one child, to another, to grandchildren, from one generation to another generation, necessary to integrate and engage or influx this generational wealth into the community. Ability to build wealth. That's where the brother's coming from. Okay. Creation of new federal departments. Now he talks about the federal, the Department of Reparations. A reparations program would be enormous. A long time investment in the black community. Creation of new federal departments would be necessary in order to ensure that the progress of the program to regulate outside actors who may try to spoil or take advantage of the program. New wealth being generated, perhaps this would be called the Department of Reparations. I do have a problem with this because it sounds like more bureaucracy, which is what we don't need. But this would just be another form of bureaucracy, which I just don't think we need. But I think he's saying that creating a Department of Reparations would be a safeguard to make sure that black people get their money, that we're managing the money properly, that we're getting all the educational tools that are necessary for us to get uh, 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 get uh, what we call uh, financial literacy. All these things that we need, some of us will need to be able to understand how to grow this money and understand how to develop that passing that generational wealth. Now, that could be where he's going at with this. Now, now he says the reparations department and apartment seal would depict the infamous promise made in 1860, 40 acres in a muse. So he's saying that he's already got the department uh, seal down to being the 40 acres in a mule. Now, he says this. You could argue that the reparations program should be run by an independent government agency. Okay? The Social Security as opposed to a federal executive um, department. Now, I just said I don't think we should have this, but he's talking about it should be run independently. The benefits to being an independent agency would include more um, autonomy, okay, from the executive branch and agencies, heads with the set terms to serve out. Now, we know that the Federal Reserve is not federal, folks. It's a private, it's a private banking system. I think that's what he's trying to go here with this. However, being a federal executive department would allow greater visibility and greater transparency, according to this brother. I don't know. I just think that it's more bureaucracy. It is a debate worth having. Okay, I'm going to have the debate right now. Hell no. I just think it's more bureaucracy that we don't need. But that's, he thinks it's going to be a safeguard. But I just think it's just more bureaucracy. Now, now, the brother goes on to say this, at, at any rate, the department would be tasked with doing several things. One, monitoring the racial wealth gap between the medium black and white families. Two, implementing the actual reparations program itself, rather that it be a cash payment plan, the military model or the combination of plan, a combination plan discussed earlier in this broadcast and by this brother in this article. Now, three, ensuring that the benefits above are actually being received and that the newly created wealth in the African-American or black community is not being squandered off by outside actors or forces. 
okay? Hell, it could be your own family. Sometimes your worst enemies are your own family who will try to, you know, con you out. Because you're going to have some people that are going to try to con us out of money that we get our hands on like this, okay? You know, they'll be coming from your family members if they don't have their heads on straight, okay? So let me go on with the broadcast here. Now, squandering off outside actors, these may be private company corporations, but they could include wide ranges of institutions. Yeah, so institutions that would try to fool you out of your money, banking institutions, con artists, your own family. These are things you have to be worried about. Now, four, identifying and potential situation where assets owned by black people, primarily property, are valued significantly less than comparable properties owned by white people. So they'll be looking at that under his plan. Now, the brother goes on to say his primary concern with three, the number three program, and number three program, let's go back up here and take a look at that again. Let's see. I probably scroll down a little bit too. Number three program is ensuring that the benefits above are actually being received and that the newly created wealth in African-American communities is not being squandered. Now, let me uh, find this part. Get back to you in a moment. Okay, we're back at it again. And uh, here we go. The third, this is the third one that I just read. I'm, he's primarily concerned about number three on his list. And that is that new de- a new department would need regu- regulatory powers and a, and a board mandate. See, there they go with this bureaucracy. Got to have a damn board. Now, how, now I'm wondering who's going to be on that board and what black people going to represent us on that board. Because we got black folks in the government right now. They call themselves the Black Caucus. They're doing nothing for us. Okay? So that's more bureaucracy. I don't like it, but let's go on. New departments would need regulatory powers and a board mandate to make it happen. Okay? A reparations program would likely lead to being creation of a new industry entirely focused on taking this wealth. Think loans, sharks. Okay? Financial advisors, fake investment schemes. Yep, like I said, he's concerned that people will be squandered out of their money. You'll have loan sharks that will come out of the woodworks, family members that come out of the woodworks. These things are possible. People who win the lottery lose their money like this. The Department of Reparations would be tasked with identifying and regulating these bad actors. So this is the thing. As much as I don't like the idea of of, uh, of, of of the bureaucracy, I can get where he's coming from. Creating this, this reparations agency to make sure that black people who get their money are not squandered by bad actors, bad investments. I get it. But at the same time that I get it, and I understand the importance of that because it's, it's helping us out. I just am afraid of more what we would call bureaucracy. We already got the IRS. When you when you have bureaucracy, it does lead it does lead to uh, more problems sometimes too. But I get where the brother is going with his assessment. Let me move on with this broadcast. I'm gonna thank you all for being here. Information is 
always been power and always will be power. Information is power. So, so let me go on here. Previously mentioned home owner owned by African Americans tend to be worth less than the comparable home owned by whites from booking bookings found the following. Okay. Now from Brookings found the following. Here we go. Homes of similar quality in neighborhoods with similar uh, amendments or similar beauty and style to the home are worth 23% less. Okay. 448,000 per home on average accounting to 156 billion Mm. calculating to a lesser in the majority of black neighborhoods compared to those with very few or no black residents. So I hope you understood where I said there. I think uh, homes of similar quality in neighborhoods with similar amenities are worth 23% less. Hmm. Black neighborhoods compared to those with very few or less black residents. Hmm. Let me move on. Now, as I get close to ending this presentation, the essential means that home owned by black families are worth less than homes owned by white families for no other reason than the color of their skin discrimination. Okay. This phenomena is more pronounced um, in the black, the blacker the neighborhood is the regulus, the regulations of amenities in the surrounding area for, okay? Regardless, now, the pronounced, now, the phenomena is more pronounced. The blacker the neighborhood is, regardless of the amenities in that neighborhood. So, I mean, if you got a neighborhood where black people are living that is very nice, well-kept, he's saying that it does not matter. They Black neighborhoods still get marginalized, whether they're poor black neighborhoods are very well off to do neighborhoods. Now, his number four uh, list that I named it out is from the list above would deal with identifying these situations throughout the country, okay? Situations could mean that a particular case where the difference in value between a comparable black and white-owned home exceeds 40%, then the federal government will give a tax credit to the person who purchased the home equal to the 40% disparity. Now, that tax credit could be used overall several years, overall several years. That would act as a subsidy of sorts, which could increase home value in blacker neighborhoods while avoiding needing the federal government to purchase the home to maintain a particular value, folks. Hope you're all listening and enjoying the radio broadcast so far. Now, let me, uh, creating a new federal department, I went over that area, questions of how to pay for this program. Here we go. I know people are going to say, well, how do you pay for this info, man? The brother lays it out. Very rough estimate of 125,000 to 27 million black households gives us a total of 3.375 trillion over 50 years. That is 67.5 billion annually. 
the federal government spends about $4 trillion a year in 2017. They did, not too long ago. That would mean that the reparations plan would be only 1.6% of the federal budget, a percentage that could actually decrease over time. Two thousand now in two thousand fifteen, Patricia, um, Co- uh, let me see, her name was Patricia Cohort wrote that raising taxes on the top one percent to give this group a total tax burden of forty percent would generate one hundred and fifty seven billion in the first year. This is over. This is over a double uh, of cost. Of this reparation. This doubles the cost of the reparations plan annually. New consumption tax or sin tax, maybe even carbon, if you want this to be green, could also be used as, as a source of program funding, as could be reductions of certain tax breaks, folks. And Exemptions across the board. There is also the option of simply strengthening the current tax enforcement programs as it has been estimated, folks. Estimated that the United States loses nearly $200 billion per year in tax avoidance. So America has the money. They got the money. The brother put some good numbers here to look at. The proponents of the reparation plan also might say, right, in many minds, that the United States already spends billions of dollars effective, okay, black people, okay, oppressing black people. These are about how much it costs to increase someone for one's year, for one year. By some estimate, it is between 30,000, 60,000, 60,000, okay? About 2.3 million people are locked up in the United States. That's in the prison system. I know it well. With black people making up about 40% of the inmates, the means of about 920,000 black people, okay, are in prison each year. If each inmate costs the government, state and federal, forty-five thousand a year, and I know this for a fact. It costs about forty-five thousand, thirty thousand to forty thousand to lock one man up. You can send every child to college for free for the, for that amount of money, thirty to forty-five thousand dollars a year. So forty-five thousand a year. That means that forty-one point four billion is being spent locking up black people each year. Any successful reparation plan will positively change the socioeconomic status of black people as a group and less poverty is correlated with fewer arrests in prison. If reparations could, this is very important, let me get a drink here. Now, if reparations could cut the amount of black prisoners in half, that would also represent a savings of 41.4 billion number, meaning let me see, 
$20.7 billion would be saved annually. So he's basically saying that if you give black people reparations, you create this generational wealth, and you and if there's opportunity, there's wealth and opportunity, you will have less black people committing crimes, which will translate to less black people in prison, which translate to the prison budget, overall prison budget in this country, which is at $20.7 billion. They would save $20.7 billion a year and having to spend money on prisons in this country. So this whole thing about they don't have money to give black people, it's a lie, folks. I'm giving you the information. I'm hoping that you are getting where I'm coming from with the article and what, I'm, what we're presenting here. I appreciate you all being here. But this is a fact right now. And I work in the system. I know this to be a fact. Would be saved annually. That is already nearly one-third of the annual cost. One-third of the annual cost of this reparations plan, as Brother states. Similar one could anticipate a significant reduction in public housing, health care, because, yeah, Medicare and food assistance costs as, a rep as reparations plans improves the socioeconomic status of African-Americans, black people. Significant percentages of program costs could actually be paid by the needs for fewer prison and fewer black people on public assistance programs. So if you give black people these reparations and you would, uh, you create generational wealth and we're off of the social programs, the welfare programs, and we're not the only ones on these social programs. Now, I think white people are on welfare more than black people, actually, if you go deep, dig up, dig up the numbers. But if you get us off these programs, then you make it give us the economic, social economic means, which keeps us out of prison keeps us off of sucking off the medical programs and the health pro what happens that money that we're not that we're not using for social programs goes back to America to to the taxpayers it goes back to the country and they, there's a savings there now I'm just gonna say this right now I'm gonna give you the name of this brother so you can look him up he his article is here's what a what a reparations plan could look like and I'm gonna put it in the description of the YouTube video. Um, and for those of you out there listening to me in Spreaker, it's here's what a reparation plan looks like by Marcus H. Johnson. You can find him on Twitter, Marcus H. Johnson. Um, this was February 25th when he put this article out. And I think he did a great job of breaking down the numbers, doing the comparisons. But this is my plan. I think that period that black people should be exempt from all military service, all taxes, income taxes. Uh, when we get paid our checks from work, we should get gross, all of it. We should get all of it. There should be no taxes taken out. That also would help the economy because we have more money to spend, right? That also would help our generational wealth. I believe that college education should be free across the board. I believe that we should have land grants. We should have access to pr uh, property, education, is very important combination with property, ownership and property. I believe that there should be a combination of what that brother said, checks that are, I think there should be checks sent to black people. Give me the check, like Jason Black says. I want the check. Okay, give us a check and give us institutionalized reparations as I mentioned before. Okay? Um, healthcare. We should not have to pay for any healthcare whatsoever, generationally. Okay, because healthcare is something that black people do suffer from. Okay, we need land. Now, part of the BAIO organization 
is that land infiltration and infrastructure and nationhood is needed. Now, these reparation programs could give black people in America the means to create infrastructure, the means to buy land, and with that, you have true nationhood, whether it be here in America or abroad. Because every group of people in America who are not in our position, they've got property, they've got land, they've got inheritance, they've got generational wealth to hand down. We've got to uh, be forward thinking with the reparations. This is why those of you out there who say that they can't give us reparations, that the country doesn't have the money, that's a lie. The numbers have been broken down for you on my radio program. Um, is the, the problem is, is that it, are we, as, are we a, as black people, are we serious about making the demand? The only way we're going to get it is by demand and fighting, fighting, fighting. We may not get it, but our children, children may get it or they may get it, okay? And like I told you earlier in this radio broadcast, politicians do not, uh, politicians, they work and operate off of a very simple system. There is no permanent friends. There is no permanent enemies, only permanent interests. So Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, all these, uh, Cory Booker, all these clowns running for president, they may sing a song that they don't want it, but if we put enough pressure with numbers, voting power, we could actually change the narrative. And this is another thing, too. The Democrat Party need black people to vote for them to be able to unthrone Donald Trump. They're going to need us. But I do know that there are some of us who will not vote for the Democratic Party. There are those of us that are, there are those black people that are going to vote for Donald Trump. There are those black people that are going to put their faith in the Democratic Party once again. I don't have much faith in them. Do I think this country is going to just give us these reparations like that? Boom. I don't believe so. But I don't think they'll give it to us if we just lay down and just say, okay, they're going to give it to us. They'll give it. We'll get it when they fight. Other groups get what they get because they fought for it. So whether you, so that's, we got to keep that in mind. You get what you get based on what you do. You do nothing, you get nothing. And it's just that serious, that truth. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the broadcast and being here. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate everyone that's been here listening and um, radio style, baby. I hope you like what I'm doing. Peace, everybody. Let me give a shout out to O'Shea Duke Jackson and all the brothers over there on the uh, Rumble, the Sunday Rumble. Catch me over there on the Sunday Rumble, folks. It's always an exciting um, show with uh, brother O'Shea Duke Jackson. And once again, catch my installment of the Black to Black series. And you will be getting what I'm doing right now, the radio style broadcast. And I will be doing, uh, there'll be time to time when I'll put together panels and have panel discussions and all that good stuff. But my thing right now on YouTube, because of, you know, we spend a lot of time on YouTube complaining about what the problems are, but my thing is, we need is solutions. What are the solutions? 
What I gave you about reparations was not just a bunch of yeah, 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 yeah. I, I presented a brother who came up with a plan. Now, you may not agree with the plan. You may not like the plan. You may like some things, some things. There's some things I like about it, some things I don't. But the point of the matter is we've got to have a plan to enact anything that we want. That's just the facts of life. So I want to thank everybody again. And if you can, do me a favor and um, you know what to do. Subscribe to the channel. Do it, do it, do it. You are listening to Information Man. Please make sure to subscribe to this channel. part of the broadcast. It's been really great. Thank you. Peace. Everybody out there in speaker.com, thank you for being a part of this broadcast. I thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for being a part of it and joining me in this process. I'm going to try to improve the show as much as possible. So those of you out there that are listening in Spreaker, thank you for your support. Um, you know I have a YouTube channel, so check me out over there as well. Have a good evening, a good night, uh, wherever you are in the world. Thank you.